NBA All-Star Weekend 2022, the Rising Stars game. Friday night, Jay Sean Tate with the game winner, Alperin Shingun, always with his big three-pointer. Jalen Green exploding in the very first game before being eliminated. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the three-point competition, the dunk contest that probably should have just been scrapped from the get-go because it was so lackluster, and the really exciting finish to All-Star Weekend, the main event, the All-Star Game. We're going to break it all down for you coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and also host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're going to break down all of the action from NBA All-Star Weekend. And here to do that with me, as he has done each and every time so far, since I have taken over as the host of Locked on Rockets, he's back each and every year for his one-off appearance, my good friend, Chris McGeehee, who you can follow on Twitter, at Chris B. McGeehee. Chris, what is up, my guy? Jackson, what's going on, man? It is. It has been another... Uh... Up and down All-Star Weekend, uh, you know, we we had some good, we had some bad, and I love this time of year where we can get on here and just talk about all of it. It's always great because for those of you who haven't heard Chris's amazing voice on this podcast before, Chris is from Pelicans County. We don't hold that against him, but I, I like to be able to bring him on this show once a year where we can just kind of talk basketball at large without necessarily a you know a, a specific Rockets focus, although there were a lot of Rockets themes in this All-Star Weekend with the Rising Stars game, with Jalen Green in the dunk contest. We're going to get into all of that. We're going to start with Friday night, though, and the Rising Stars game, the new revamped Rising Stars game with the new format. You had the four drafted teams, kind of more pickup style oriented. And it was a really, honestly, I thought Friday night was a strong start to All-Star Weekend. It was kind of like Friday, you started strong, then you had the dip with Saturday night, and then you finished strong with All-Star Weekend. And to tee things off, we had... Jalen Green as part of Team Worthy going up against Team Isaiah in the very first game of Rising Stars Friday night. And Jalen was electric in this game. I mean, he posted 20 points on 8 of 13 shooting, 4 of 9 from the three-point line. Did unfortunately get blocked with what could have been the game winner for Team Worthy in this one. And then Desmond Bain coming across the you know on the other side and sealing the game at the free throw line, unfortunately, despite... Cole Anthony's best efforts to moon him at the charity stripe. But this was an exciting game back and forth. And really, I think it kind of set the tone for the events to follow in the subsequent games. Oh, absolutely. Um, Look, I've got, uh, I've got a notebook full of notes here. Okay. Um, My man, Chris takes this so serious. (laughs) I have no notes written down. I just go off rip. 
it, it is it is All Star Weekend, and I need somebody to help me break down the lack of weak side help defense in in the <laughs> Rising Stars Challenge. Okay, I <laughs> look, I you know, uh, I don't you know for anybody who's listened to these All Star shows over the last few years, they know that I'm not the world's biggest Rocket fan, right? I leave I leave that to you and to Rouge and you know uh, uh, KP, all you guys, y'all are the Rockets people, and yet. The first note that I have in my notebook here is Jalen Green actually has nice vision, some shooting, and he's got some hops. Look, I mean, you know, it, none of this is is new. We, we've seen flashes of it throughout the year, but he really kind of got a chance to really showcase some of what he can do during this All-Star weekend. And he had some down moments, which we'll get to later. I know we will, you know, particularly on Saturday night, but you know, I, I think that, I think that the Rockets were represented well in these games. Jalen green was part of it. Um, I, I like what I saw from, uh, you, you know, from Jay Sean Tate. I actually have another note down here that says uh, Tate is a dog. And that is, <laughs> that is correct. That is that, absolutely that, correct. And that is in the best possible sense. Um, Shin Goon, he's got nice touch. I mean, look, Friday night was a great showcase for the young Rockets, despite what happened at the end of that game with Jalen Green getting a shot blocked. I mean, look, it, it's a one-off. It happens. Everybody gets blocked every now and again. But overall, the performance from those guys was something to be proud of if you're a Rockets fan. I think, too, if you, if you walk away and you just look at individual performances from the Rising Stars games, I think you can, you can almost very easily say that Jalen Green had the best individual performance of any other player in the three Rising Stars games that were played. Now, unfortunately, his evening was cut short, losing that first match. Now, in the second game, we had Jay Sean Tate and Alperin Shingoon as part of Team Barry going up against Team Peyton, and... That was a game where, one, Jay Sean Tate was invited to All-Star Weekend and was playing defense, like you said, like a dog. I mean, if, you, you're not supposed to invite Jay Sean Tate to All-Star Weekend if you don't want to see a little bit of defense being played. No. He wasn't taking any possessions off. He was getting into guys, and he had a game, not necessarily a game-winning stop, but he got a really clutch steal on the mellow ball late in that game, and then subsequently, you know, a few possessions later, got what was the game-winning bucket, the kind of up-and-under drive scoop layup finish, and immediately afterwards, you saw him, like, run to the courtside seats, Al P was behind him. Josh Christopher, Jalen Green both jumped up off the courtside seats. They were dapping him up. Everybody was stoked for it. And it was just, it was one of those awesome moments for Jay Sean Tate to have. And even though he took kind of an, an untradition or a non-traditional route to the NBA, and he's a bit older compared to some of these other players, people, you know, talk about ageism, trying to say he shouldn't be a 26-year-old competing in the Rising Stars game. He is a sophomore, just like all the other sophomores in the league. And he had his, you know, shining moment to push Team Barry to victory in that second match. Absolutely. And look, I don't want to nitpick too much here because there's other things that will come later that we will nitpick a little bit. Uh, so I'm trying to minimize it here. But look, I, I will say this. You got to like, endear yourself to Rockets fans a little bit, Chris. No, come on. no, look, this is this is actually not a criticism of of Rockets at all. You know, I normally come on here and I feel the need to try to bring you guys down a few pegs and let you wallow in the misery that is Pelicans fandom right now. Okay. We're but, down plenty of pegs, man. We're at the bottom of the Western Conference. <laughs> look, uh I, I like this new format, right? I, I like the I like the draft into the four separate teams and I, I like 
you know, having a target score, all that stuff. The one thing watching these Friday night games that I did not like at all were two out of these three games ending on free throws. I mean, I, I know it's the nature of the game. I understand, you know, you get down there, you're, you're one, maybe two points away. Free throws do it. I I don't want to be that guy, but ending the game on free throws is just so anticlimactic. And Jay Sean Tate is the only player on Friday night who actually scored a basket to win the game. And that's part of what made it so exhilarating was, I mean, he drove, he took the contact, he finished game. I mean, it was, it was, it was playground, you know, courtyard call game bang. And, and that was so much more fun than like, you know, watching um, Desmond Bain hit the two free throws in game one or, you know, anything like that. Um, you know, that, that was really other than, other than that on Friday night, I think, I think everything went really well. And, uh, and I'm glad to see that the Rockets were a part of it. Uh, you know, we got to see fun matchups like, Cade going against LaMelo. I, I know how you Rockets fans feel about Cade. And, you know, Cade is going to be y'all's new Steph, Jesus Christ. But <laughs> just the showcase of the young talent that we have in the league is so much fun. And I one other complaint, not enough Herb Jones, man. <laughs> I knew I was wait. I was waiting for the Herb Jones plug. I knew it. I almost did it for you earlier because I was gonna be like, "Hey, Herb Jones hit that three at one point, and it looked good." And I think so, it was the only shot he got to take. I I think please, you're right too. I think please, I know he's getting absolutely no recognition, but Herb is good. Please, Jesus. It was his one take and his one make on Team Worthy. So besides besides the defense that he played, uh, but yeah, no, I I'm right there with you, and I, I do think that the free throws were a little anticlimactic, unfortunately. Besides that, it was still uh, I thought a fun Friday night. Cade yep. Cunningham walked away the uh, Rising Stars MVP of the evening. However, Jay Sean Tate did receive two MVP votes. Uh, of the nine, I believe, I believe it was nine votes cast total. Maybe it was 10. I can't do math, and I'm not trying to right now. Uh, but Jay Shante did re receive two votes, one from PJ Carlissimo and one from Grant Hill. So shout out to PJ and shout out to Grant Hill, two real ones right there for rooting for Jay Shante for uh, the Rising Stars MVP. Cade Cunningham got all the other selections, and then the fan vote, which counted as one vote total, went to Evan Mobley. But... Which, of course, I mean, think about where the game's taking place. Yeah, but real quick, I, I know that, well, you know, we've, we've got to, you know, cut out of here in, in just a minute. But also, can we talk about uh, that clutch challenge real quick? Because I have two notes from the clutch challenge. <laughs> yeah, go for it. What you got for the clutch challenge? No, note number one, Tyrese Halliburton is a shooter. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Note number two. Scotty Barnes is not. That's that's all the notes that I have. <laughs> those are, that those are your two notes. All right, Tyrese Halliburton can shoot. Scotty can't shoot. I love it. That's Great it. takeaways from the clutch challenge that we got to see in between the the, the first couple matches and the, the championship round. But coming up, we're going to talk about All-Star Saturday night, the revamped skills challenge, the three-point shootout, as well as the unfortunately lackluster, dare I say, disastrous dunk contest coming up in just one moment after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, when it comes to protein bars, 
you've got to check out Built Bar. They're the best protein bar on the market. No other protein bar is as good as Built Bar because other ones, right, they're going to be a little gritty or kind of chalky sometimes. Maybe the consistency is a little bit off. You don't get any of that with Built Bar. You get a protein bar that's delicious, that's covered in 100% chocolate. So many amazing flavors to choose from, too. You've got strawberry, cookies and cream, mint brownie, peanut butter, coconut brownie chunk, my personal favorite. You can't go wrong with a single bar on their menu. Every single bar is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing if you're on a keto diet, amazing if you're trying to stick true to your news resolutions, right? We're kind of middle of the way through February, near the end of February even, and this is about the time that people start to kind of, you know, wane a little bit on their New Year's resolutions. So if you feel yourself fading, check out Built Bar. They can help you power through. Visit Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your very next order of the best tasting protein bars on the market. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, appreciate you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, go check out the Locked on Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Continuing on with our guest, Chris McGeehee, as we do each and every year, recapping All-Star Weekend here at Locked on Rockets. And we have to talk about all-Star Saturday night. There was a part of me, Chris, that wanted to just push this segment to the like butt end of the podcast just because that's kind of like what it felt like for All-Star Weekend. But we've got to go in sequential order. So we're going to do Saturday night in the middle. And let's start with the skills challenge because I feel like we're going to get through the skills challenge and three-point contest pretty quick. And then we'll, we'll focus on, unfortunately, the dunk contest. I was not a big fan of the revamped skills challenge. I liked the idea in, in theory of like the team's and the team dynamic with the rookies, with uh, mm-hmm. with with Giddy, Cade, and and Barnes, and then with the Antetokounmpo's, I thought was a cool theme. And then you had the Cavs team with with Allen, Garland, and Mobley. Like, okay, cool, like the teams. But then the actual challenge itself was just straight garbage, in my opinion. With like the the barely moving targets and the fact that you didn't even have to make the shots for it to, you just had to get the shot up. As far as like the rules are concerned, like it didn't seem fully thought out, in my opinion. Not to mention the fact that either you have multiple NBA players forgetting how to operate in the skills challenge, you know, when it when it comes to the weaving in and out, or else the only other explanation is that the NBA didn't properly explain what the rules of this contest were to you know to these guys. And look, I'm I'm with you. The the skills challenge, I I did like the teams. I I really enjoy, I think having like a team of rookies every year, you know, just pick the three most exciting rookies of that season. Excellent. Have three people from the host city that particular year. So like next year, I believe it's in Utah, you know, pick, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Jesus, Rudy Gobert, I guess, uh, you know, and, and you know, whoever, whoever they want the third one to be, you know, make the host city team, the rookie team, but we got to do something with the with the Atenakumpo brothers because I can't I can't watch them in the skills challenge year after year, okay? And we can't do a family dynamic because I, you know, hey, let's go let's go with the holidays next year. Let's do that. Look, we'll do the holidays next year, but then after that, what the Plumleys? Like, is that what we're doing? Because <laughs> uh, I, I the can't the do Ball that. brothers, how's that? We could we could go with them. <laughs> oh God, we're bringing one of them up from the G League. Jesus, yeah, okay, let's okay. Do, let's do it. Yeah, we could bring a G League player. Maybe he'll be in the maybe he'll actually be NBA talent by that. I don't know, right? Like, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> but no, I, I'm I'm right there with you. It was, you know, it kind of it kind of started what would be eventually kind of a 
a, a bum night, unfortunately. And, and then thankfully the three point shootout actually wound up being the highlight of the evening, yep. you know, so much so that the announcers were even saying they need to make this the new like mainstay event of all-star mm -hmm. Saturday night, which I still, I don't agree with. I think the dunk contest just needs to be, have its image refurbished. And we'll get to that in a second here, but the three point shootout, exciting finish. Carl Anthony Towns setting a new record for the best score in the final round of the three point competition, 29 points, one, it says he wants to be known as the best shooting big man of all time. I don't know if he he's there now or if he will be eventually, but a three-point shooting, you know, three-point shooting uh competition trophy doesn't exactly hurt his resume in that regard. Absolutely not. And you know what? I with everything that Cat has been through, you know, it he he has suffered on a poverty franchise for years now and boy i don't want to i don't want to bring heat your way so if you want to edit that part out you can uh, yeah, they, the wolves have been a poverty franchise for years and they're looking somewhat respectable now hopefully they can continue that but absolutely but look he's he has suffered on this franchise for years he uh you know off the court you know he's he's lost family members you know to to COVID. i mean he's had a really rough go of it so to see him finally enjoying a modicum of success on the court and then being able to do something like win the three-point shootout. Honestly, to me, it was just really, really cool to see. It looks like he's, you know, finally having fun again when, you know, for a long time we weren't getting that out of Cat. And, I mean, when it comes to being the best big man shooter of all time, he might already be there. He may not. I, you know, it's, it's a matter of debate just like anything else within the NBA realm. But dude can shoot. I mean, when he's feeling it, he's feeling it. And, you know, to, to be as big and as skilled as he is, there's not a lot of people that can do that. Now, before we get into the dunk contest shenanigans, because it certainly was shenanigans, we had what wound up being like an advert for... Aisha Curry and Steph Curry's like new show. Look, like, look, look, and, on, and they literally they they played the newlyweds game on All Star look, Saturday night. Like, what the hell? I, I have to stop you. I have to stop you right there because I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Until you just mentioned it, I'd completely pushed it out of my brain. <laughs> and that's coming from somebody who actually watched it today. Like, I, I I recorded it, had to watch it today because I had stuff going on last night. So, I mean, I watched this Aisha Steph game show thing. I, we're talking like less than 12 hours ago. And my brain was just immediately like, no, we're not. We're not doing that. And this it can't was. Stay. We don't have enough bandwidth to keep this in here. It's not, it's not, it, this is not a core memory. Let's get this out of here. Exactly. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's just the newlywed game, but with Aisha Curry. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> so, so bad. And again, just another staple in what was kind of a horrendous all-star Saturday night. Yep. And then it proceeded. Uh, one DJ Khaled showed up and just, I guess, did his thing. Um, had, talking about headline, uh, anyways, whatever. I can't even get into that. Let's get into the dunk contest, man. Because but they told DJ Khaled he would never make it to the All Star <laughs> game. First of all, that's very specific, and I want to know who told him that. Okay. Second of all, congratulations on making it. You can stop holding a grudge, my guy, okay? Just go out there and just enjoy life. Have fun. Whatever. Let's talk about the dunk contest. All right. Dunk contest time it is because, man. Are you sure you want to talk in. about this? I, I haven't repressed it quite just yet. I might after this podcast is done. But 
there was so much hype built up going into this around Jalen Green. And it's not like it's tough because I walk away just wishing he had thought about things a little bit different because, right, so he comes out and we're going through the dunk contest and you got Cole Anthony, Duncan, and Tim's. Like that was that was kind of a cool setup. You've got you've got Juan Toscano Anderson going over Andrew Wiggins for his first dunk. Uh, Obi Toppin remind me his first dunk because off the top like this was my problem is like some of them were a little forgettable. Like I'm not gonna be, I'm gonna be completely upfront with you on this. Yeah, I look I can't pull Obi's out of out of the top of my head right now. His first dunk. I mean I know I know what his his second one and I know the one that he won on, but that first one. That, and look, see, and just, that, you know what? No, I know this is this is a perfect microcosm of the of the dunk contest. I don't even remember Obi's first dunk. Like that's how kind of eh, it we was. Got, we got spoiled with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. Yes, yeah, of course. I mean, you know that was I, I what I was twenty sixteen. Am I? Has it been that long? It was twenty sixteen. That was when the dunk contest kind of peaked. Yeah, I mean that that was Recently. six that was six years ago. But to everybody, like I. The last several dunk contests, they they pale in comparison, and you know it, it's not the dunkers that they were. You know, it's not Obi's fault. It's not you know JTA's fault. It it's not Jalen Green's fault that that we hold them to a higher standard now. But man, when you get to the pinnacle of what dunk contests are, it takes something special to get fans as invested in it again. And we didn't have that on Saturday night. The crowd, no offense to that Cleveland crowd, you guys were kind of lackluster. And I don't necessarily blame you, but it was just, it was a combination of the announcers being down on it, you know, Kenny Smith and and with D Wade and the crowd not really being into it. It was, it was all of these different things coming together to really kind of depress the atmosphere of the dunk contest. And it came through on TV, man. I will say from people that I know that were actually in the building, it was like, for some reason, like the, the TV mics, like don't feed the sound in properly or something like that. Cause there was a lot of energy in the building on Friday night, on Saturday night, on Sunday night for sure. But it was just kind of a microcosm of like, it's not conveying properly through the TV. Now I will say that, right. I think that's where Jalen made his big mistake, right. Is he wanted to come out of the gate, and start with a big dunk. He wanted to do like something wild, straight tens across the board, come away with a 50 in the first round, first dunk. And he didn't need that. Like he was the fourth and final dunker of the first round. He could have very easily done like just a standing, like windmill dunk, something simple. He could have, if he had done his second dunk first, it would have been 45, like, you know, across the board, or maybe even, you know, some, maybe throwing some, some tens. He could have finished with a 46, 47. If he had done that, you know, the behind the, or the 360 through the legs reverse, like coming from the opposite direction, that would have been insane to see. But he was so focused on doing the off the backboard, you know, through the legs windmill yep. that he just didn't want to give that up. And he didn't want to give it up because he also had Josh Christopher there with him, like his guy, his boy, been his guy since seventh grade, all that. And I think that kind of led to, okay, like, Eh, you know, they, they didn't want to abandon it right away, which is why it took seven, eight, nine attempts before Jalen finally just said, you know what, I'm just going to flip, you know, just change it up and do something different. Yep. So, and he was penalized largely because of that, unfortunately, because by then he had lost the crowd, lost the judges, you know, the, the atmosphere in the building, like you said, was depressed at that point. And that's kind of tough, especially when you proceed it with the NFT necklace 
you know, having just partnered with Coinbase to wrap that around your neck and then to go hand that off to Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, like, it, look, there was there were so many different things. And look, he's a rook. He he's addressed it. And he said he messed up this weekend. You know, if he can, he's going to do it again next year and he's going to be better. He made that promise to, you know, the fans and everything out there. And, and I hope that he does get a chance to redeem himself because I know he's got the potential to do better than what he did this weekend. I like you said, it wasn't necessarily the most thought out routine. And, you know, maybe there's a little nerves. I know none of these guys will ever admit to being nervous, but it's natural. There, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of, but it can play a factor. And, you know, it, are we going to talk about the announcers just being out? Like, I, I know that this debate raged on, on Rocket's Twitter about Kenny Smith apparently just having having it out for, for Jalen Green. And to a degree, I get where Rockets fans are coming from. You know, he kept talking about how Green's more of an in-game dunker and things like that. But if you're the NBA and you're listening to these commentators, I mean, I know that what they say holds weight and you want them to be honest. But at the same time, I mean, they're trashing the product that you're putting on TV while it is happening. I mean, there has to be some sort of balance there, right? No, 100%. There's a, there's a big disconnect between that. And I, I think that, you know, the, the NBA is one of those where, especially you've got like the inside crew with like Chuck and Shaq who are constantly like trashing what's going on and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's good for ratings. And I think it, it, their dynamic works sometimes, but I think this time Kenny was a little too heavy handed with it. And it may have just been because, you know, Wade and, and Reggie were so gung ho on Jalen green being mm -hmm. the guy. Maybe he felt like he had to kind of weigh them, you know, go the opposite direction a little bit. Maybe that played into it as a little bit of a factor, but overall, you know, the announcing didn't quite bug me so much. Jalen's performance, you know, while it would have been really cool to see him walk away as the dunk contest champion, I, I do think that of all the dunks that we saw, like one, Juan Descano Anderson led with his best dunk over Andrew Wiggins. I don't even remember what the, what the rest of his dunks were. Like it was, that was, that's kind of sad. And uh, Obi Toppin's like dunk where he like bounced it off the backboard and then dunked it. Like, yeah, that was kind of dope. Like never seen that done before, but none of Obi's dunks had like that, that finish to them, right? He just kind of like dropped the ball in the hoop every time. He didn't have mm -hmm. any like where he like, you know, no power dunks, right? From Obi Toppin, which you'd yep. like to maybe see some power dunks. I walk J away thinking JTA that the trying to hang his, you know, and, and he can't get the hops on it. I it was clunky. I, I think that clunky. we can call it clunky. We can call it disappointing. We can look up every adjective in the book. I'm gonna go grab my thesaurus right now. We're just real. That's all we're gonna do in segment three. We're just gonna reel off adjectives for how bad Saturday night was, specifically the dunk contest. No, I, I kid. I love Jalen Green's dunk, his one successful dunk that he had, or I should say the 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 second dunk, the good dunk, the one that got scored properly. Love that. I thought that was probably my favorite highlight of the night in the dunk contest, honestly. And we know that Jalen's got bounce, and he's going to be back next year, I think, to do it again because the NBA would be silly not to let him have a second crack at it, right? Like, I think it's one of those things where if you're a young up-and-coming star in the league and you want to participate in the dunk contest, they're going to let you in. Like, like no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But... With that, we're going to dive into talking about a little bit of the Sunday night action, the uh, marquee event of All-Star Weekend, the All-Star Game itself. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online. Because look, football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and 
college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is actually going to land. BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And hey, it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions available to you. BetOnline, where the game starts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, appreciate you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, be sure to check out the Locked on NBA podcast. Hey, I host Locked on NBA Monday, and it's Monday. You should check out that podcast. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to Locked on Rockets, I'm sure you can find a way to navigate over to Locked on NBA, where I host the Monday. Monday show and we've got incredible hosts all through the week, Monday through Friday, recapping all the biggest events and stories across the NBA landscape. Now, Chris, let's get into the number one event of All-Star Weekend, the All-Star Game. And this All-Star Game did not disappoint. This, to me, I, I, I walk away. One, love the Elam ending. It is so good. It leads to such exciting basketball. And the way that this game transpired, one, Steph Curry is unbelievable. He's unreal. I, I, the words I can't, and it's, this is a Rockets podcast, so I got to be up front. It's really nice that the Rockets are now at the basement of the Western Conference, and I don't have to worry about Steph Curry tormenting this franchise anymore because I can kind of just step back and now like appreciate how good he is as the greatest shooter of all time. Cause I'm not going to say that I was like, I, I mean, I was a hater before and I, and I still am kind of right. Like Steph Curry is the guy that like, gate kept the Rockets from winning a championship for a few years there. So it sucks, but he is undeniably the greatest shooter of all time. And he put on an absolute show in this game going for 50 points, just too shy of the all-star game record 52 held by uh Pelicans legend, Anthony Davis. I'm sorry, who? <laughs> oh man. I love that. I love that. I love that. Uh, that bit. No, it was, it was an electric performance by Steph Curry. He finished 16 of 27 from three comparatively Bro. team Durant was 21 of fifth of 59 as a team. Look at this though. I mean, the, you, you throw out his final stat and you said 16 of 27 for Curry. Was that it? Yeah. Up to that point though, like up till he went cold right there at the end, I think he was like 16 of 19 or some ridiculous number like that, where I mean like his, his percentage was even better. I mean, dude was just absolutely scorching the net and it then is, it is worth noting that when the defense got real when when the elam ending kicked in and the defense actually tightened up steph curry went cold just gonna put that out there into the universe <laughs> look man it it came time for him to try to surpass that other guy uh in, in total <laughs> points and uh i was rooting for him to do it for obvious reasons uh but then he couldn't buy a basket, man. I mean, he was, you know, he putting them up and just clanging the rim, clanging the rim. But don't let that overshadow how great he had been up to that point. Because for the first three quarters, I mean, he just, from everywhere. 
I mean, the, the, the one where he hit it from the logo and turned around and started running the other way before it even went in. Somebody oh, posted a screenshot of it on Twitter and he's like, he's fully turned around running the other way. Like he's already crossed half court. Ball is still up like near the rafters. I, I, was, I feel like the ball was still on its way up and he was headed back down to play defense on the other end. Let's like, be real. He wasn't, he wasn't going to play defense, but <laughs> I, I get your point. No, it was it was incredible. It was, this is what the All Star Game should be, right? Yep. Where it's you got the three quarters where they're just kind of BSing around. You got some great highlights from from John ja Morant, some crazy dunks, all of that. I mean, John ja Morant's dunks in game for this All Star Game were better than anything I think that we saw on All Star Saturday. Honestly, like he had the three sixty lob catch, which was just absurd. He gets up on his, his 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 dunks, his jumps. He needs to be in the dunk contest next year, even if it means more competition for Jalen. I just want to see a good dunk contest, honestly. But absolutely. On top of that, we had the finish in this game, which of course the Elam ending. You've got a you know you've got the target score one sixty three, and then what better way to end than on a LeBron James game winning bucket in Cleveland? Catches the ball, hits the turnaround fade. I didn't even think the shot was going in when it left his hands. Like I didn't like it didn't look good when it left his hands. And then sure enough, it hit like not quite like just off front iron, but like just enough off the front iron where it like fell in. And I mean, it was game over at that point. And it was the perfect like storybook ending for this all-star game in Cleveland. LeBron James go now goes five and oh, five and oh in this new all-star game format. That's absurd. Look, I will give him his flowers because he's an above average basketball player, okay? But can I ask a, a semi-serious question here real quick? Go for it. I'm all you, about semi-serious questions. You literally just mentioned that Sterling 5-0 and record since changing to the draft format. Do we think that LeBron is taking the All-Star game as serious as he is over these last five years? in order to try to offset his NBA finals winning percentage. <laughs> that can't, that is not, that is not a semi-serious question. That is a look, man, it's open for debate. You know what? You know what? Uh, last I checked, uh, Jordan is currently has zero, uh, wins in this new all-star game format. And LeBron is five and zero oh in this all-star game format. So Le that LeBron math checks out. confirmed. Absolutely. I mean, how can you argue five against zero? Like that's, it's all right there. Proof is in the pudding. No, <laughs> look, man, um, it, look, I, I kid, but it was, it was, you know, it, it was a great ending. I, they, they're going back and forth. Steph can't hit a shot. Uh, was it, was it Levine that comes down, bangs home the three to put team Durant right there. And then LeBron comes down, he gets the ISO he hits the turnaround. Kobe-esque? It was it was a little Kobe-esque, I'll give you that. It was Luke? also, I, I will say, there, there were, I mean, there were moments all throughout, like that's the best part about what the Elam ending does, right, is it suddenly, it turns up the intensity in the game, right? Because yeah. you kind of, you, you got the guys that are just kind of going through the motions a little bit, first half, having a little fun out there. Everybody's, you know, kind of, you know, jawing back and forth with each other. It's all good-natured fun. You get to the third quarter, you're a little bit more loose, you're kind of getting into it a little bit more. You see like guys like Giannis and Jared Allen making some defensive plays out there, kind of using their size, their presence a little bit. You got Embiid playing a little bit more bully ball down the stretch. And then you get to that end, the final quarter. 
and everything like it's like dialed up to 11 because you're like, all right, target score. All right, here we go. Let's go. And so you saw like, like Jared Allen had that monster block on Joel Embiid trying to yam it on him at the rim. Like yep. that was impressive. Like just so many like actual highlight plays in that final stretch of basketball. And that's exactly what it should be. We should get some really elite competitive basketball out of the best basketball players in the world. And even though you can't expect that to be played over the course of an entire 48 minute contest to get it concentrated in that one little stretch and to have it end on a game winning bucket. Like we talked about earlier in the show, the way that the free throws are kind of anticlimactic to have it end the way that it did on a LeBron James fadeaway. It was ooh, chef's kiss. Oh, a hundred percent. And the fact that it was a one possession game, right there at the end just made it all the better because you know that the outcome when you have this many great players on the court the outcome is never for sure decided but knowing that one shot could change the entire thing just it raises the stakes it gets these guys you know it gets their blood flowing and it really shows you it takes these guys back to what got them to the league in the first place and Honestly, if if this is the format going forward, I don't have any complaints other than can we please make the halftime show just a little bit shorter? Hey, to be fair, though, the, this time around with the and that was going to be my final point here is I thought it was really cool to see, obviously, with the with the honorees and everything with the 75th anniversary team, all of that to have all these legends being, yep. you know, brought out to have them, you know, to have that whole point. I mean, it was, that was a really cool moment to just think about all the legends who, who helped get us to this point where the NBA is headed in the hands of these young guys in the hands of, you know, Trey and, and Luca and Ja and guys who are going to be taking over this league, you know, the, all the young players for the Rockets, right. Herb Jones for the Pelicans. Like, I mean, you know, players were going to be guiding this league for years to come. It was a very like surreal moment to kind of see all these legendary names. We saw guys like Hakeem Olajuwon, Elvin Hayes, Clyde Drexler, Rockets legends, uh, redacted whose name I won't know. I, James Harden, who was included as well. Obviously I will give James Harden his flowers, second greatest player in Rockets franchise history, but it was just a really cool night to see all those names kind of come up and to see everybody together joined you know, in person, largely in person, there were some guys who weren't able to make it for whatever reasons here and there, but to have that many legends all under one roof. And then to hear from guys like Dirk Nowitzki on the, you know, jumping on the broadcast at one point, AI jumping on the broadcast, Reggie Miller and Dwayne Wade talking about it. Then you have the alternate broadcast on TBS where you had the inside the NBA guys doing their version of the game broadcast. And you had Shaq and, and Chuck talking about, you know, their experience and what it meant to be, you know, sharing, you know, that feeling of being on the 75th anniversary team, all of that. It was a really magical night, I think. Absolutely. It was, it was a overall, it was a great all-star weekend. There's room for improvement in certain areas, but if this is the product that they're putting out during the all-star game weekend, I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with two thirds of it. I still think Saturday night definitely needs some fixing. I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely like the, the three point shootout is the only thing where it's like, you know what? And that's the crazy thing is like the three point shootout was just the same for so long. And then they were like, you know what? Steph Curry's pulling from the logo. Let's add the Mountain Dew Zone shot and like get some extra promo money in this and add a little wrinkle to the three-point contest. And it was great because it was like a minor change. That's all mm -hmm. it needed. And it adds that little, that little bit more kick that you want to the three-point shootout. And it's awesome. 
and they they just need to find that fix for the dunk contest. Maybe you put a timer on them. Maybe you do it like one and done attempts or something where it's just like, nah, you get your one attempt and you're done. So there's less like, oh, I've got to practice. I've got it. Like they just come out with their best, most surefire dunk feat of athleticism. Forget about the props or the showmanship, any of that. Just give me your craziest, most athletic dunk that you can hang with. And let's see where the judges are going to score it. And then the skills competition, honestly, bring it back like with the actual like track that they had to run, but still keep it in teams, right? Like make it a relay race, but yeah. with the original track. Cause like, again, having the moving targets and all that. And the fact that you had those three man teams out there, it looked like they'd never run a three man weave in their entire lives. Like it was it, for NBA players. I was like, yo, like, come on. I could, I could grab two guys from the park down the street from me and run a better three man weave than the Antetokounmpo's did. And that's really depressing when you think about it. Look, man, there's room for improvement, but I'll say this as a, as a multi-sport watcher, the NFL wishes that they could showcase their best players the way that the NBA does. So as somebody who watches both, I got to tell you, as an NBA fan, this could be so much worse. And I do, while there, while there is room for improvement, I do think that we should appreciate you know, what is great about it while we do have it, because eventually, you know, these, these players that we grew up on, you know, it, those who aren't already aging out of the game, they will be soon. And I know they're going to, you know, recycle through, have more players come in and everything, but we really just have to, I think, learn to kind of enjoy it in the moment and, and just look at it from a, a micro sense, as opposed to a macro sense, because I know that, you know, uh, five years down the line, you know, whatever, 10 years, we're going to look back and say, hey, you know, it was really cool that night that Cat won the three-point shooting contest. And I, you know, I, I think that NBA fans league-wide, whether you're watching in America, overseas, in Canada, whatever, I mean, you know, uh, we do have a good product, and uh, and I think everybody should be grateful for it. I think that's as great a point to end on as any. It was a fun all-star weekend. Again, started off strong, bit of a dip in the middle, ended on a high note. Chris, always a pleasure to be able to pull you on the podcast for our once yearly podcast together to talk all-star weekend. Go ahead and do me a favor. Tell the listeners where they can track you down at. Look, man, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Chris B. McGeehee. It's a hard last name to spell. It's M-C-G-E-H-E-E. Uh, I don't tweet a whole lot, but man, I will, I'll interact with you guys and, uh, you know, come on there, follow me, tell me how dumb I am for some of the things that I said on this podcast and, uh, and we'll be best friends in no time. Chris is an honorary Rockets fan because he puts up with my BS on, on more than, you know, on, on too many occasions to count, but Chris, always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And I guess I'll talk to you a year from now. Yeah, a year from now. We don't talk in between the All-Star games. We just ghost each other for the next 364 days. So it, I'll catch man. you later. <laughs> Absolutely, my guy. I appreciate you. That's going to do it for today's show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, brand new Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. Also check out the brand new Locked on Rockets YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe. What was your favorite Rockets moment from all-Star Weekend. Was it the Jay Sean Tate game winner? Was it Alperin Shingoon? Always Jalen Green. Sometimes was it the struggles of Jalen Green on All-Star Saturday night? Let me know in the comments. I do read each and every single one of those when you submit them. 
As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.